are listening to True Crime Fiction, feeding your addiction to the best of the written and the spoken word in crime. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as £1 at patreon.com slash truecrimefiction. Before it was released this April, Ripple was already getting rave reviews on Goodreads and NetGalley. Who wouldn't want to read a book compared to true crime classic, I'll Be Gone in the Dark? Ripple does fulfil some of its promise. Cosgrove covers his investigation into the boy in the woods murder over decades of his own life. He knew the victim, Frank McGonagall's family, as he grew up in the same tight-knit American-Irish neighbourhood. His older brother was friends with Frank and they went to the same schools, same church and had an understanding that only comes from sharing the same unremarkable mundanities of day-to-day life which are both so forgettable yet fundamentally shape our understanding of life and ourselves. This means that Cosgrove has insight into Frank's life. However, that insight does not go as far as one would assume, because Frank himself seems to have felt an uncomfortable fit in his own world, and as he grew older he rubs up against himself and others in ways that become less and less tenable for him. Perhaps it is that his temperament wasn't a good fit for the rough and tumble of a large family, possibly it was undiagnosed depression. Maybe he was a highly sensitive person, or there was some early childhood trauma that no one knew about. We will never know. Cosgrove's intimacy with the family does however mean we have a fly-on-the-wall view of their own soul-searching about why their son and brother left home and no longer wanted to be part of the family. A glimpse of interpersonal family distress that is so often hidden away brushed under the carpet, but something I suspect more people than we know grapple with. This is the strength of the book, the deeply personal decades-long reflection of the victim's family. However, this is not a piece of investigative journalism, so those who are expecting the rigour of someone with the calibre of Greg Olson will be disappointed. Cosgrove is aware of this, and he admits that in his journalistic career he gravitated towards upbeat fluff pieces, and there are points where this shows. The most notable is his encounter with energy reader Carol, overtaken by her southern charm which oozes out of the page, Cosgrove completely disregards any journalistic integrity. He makes a cursory attempt to verify her claim she's worked with the FBI. And when three FBI staff or ex-staff confirm vociferously that they have never worked with a psychic, his response is to shrug his shoulders and conclude, they haven't met Carol, rather than say, maybe she's lying, and a lot of the information Frank's spirit gave her mainly came from the tequila-fueled drinking session we had the night before. This would appear to be the logical conclusion. However, there is a large chasm between logic and human nature, and the spirituality of the Catholic Church, which both Cosgrove and the McGonagalls grew up in, will perhaps indicate minds more open to the spiritual and supernatural, which in day-to-day life I would not argue with. 
However, when it comes to the way some people use spirituality to play with and suck energy and money from grieving loved ones, I have less patience. And part of me wishes Cosgrove's journalistic senses would have been sharp enough to be less patient, more sceptical and more rigorous. You have been listening to True Crime Fiction, the podcast that is feeding your addiction to all things crime. You can find our website at true-crime-fiction.com, on Twitter at true underscore crime underscore fic, on Facebook and Instagram as True Crime Fiction. Please rate and review on the podcast app of your choice. Music is by Kitty Kitty Meow Meow.